You're listening to episode 44 of the We Got The Runs podcast. In this episode, we'll learn about what it takes to switch from marathon training to training for a triathlon. Welcome to the We Got The Runs podcast. I'm your host, Letty Lundquist, and I invite you to join me as we talk about all things running. In this podcast, we talk tips, tactics, and strategies to make every run a good run. Hey runners, welcome to episode 44. 44, huh? Yep, getting up there. Almost time for the season finale. <laughs> There's a season finale to this? Of course there is. <laughs> what is it, like running season? No, I was thinking I would probably conclude the first season at week 52, you know, so I have a whole year worth of um, podcasts and okay. then ask people, maybe um, past guests, I haven't figured it out yet, but what is your why? Because, you know, everybody in the running community always talks about what your why is. Why do you run? So I figured that'd be kind of inspirational and set us up for a um, dramatic entrance for <laughs> season number two. Oh, so when does season one end then? What day? Is there any significance to it? Well, the significance is that I've been consistent for exactly 52 weeks. So uh, I think that's going to be on May 22nd. That's the 52nd week. Can't believe it's been a year. I know, right? And how much have I learned? I don't know. I can find a lot, huh? Yeah. I mean, everything from editing to uh, how to interview, how to not be nervous, how to let people finish their sentence. Oh, you could use a little bit of that sometimes. <laughs> around the house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, what else did I learn? Oh, just so much, so much. That's cool. It's neat that you have so many people willing to talk to you. And it's. Uh, I think it's a lot of fun, too. It's cool listening to them. So what's new? Uh, so, well, we're pre-recording this for Saturday because we're going to be traveling. So the news I'm going to talk to you about right now are not going to be super new anymore. But the Boston Athletic Association finally announced their field size for the Boston Marathon of this year, which is uh, a different type of marathon because it's going to be in the fall. Usually it's in April on Patriots Day, but it's going to be in uh, October. And they announced that the field size went down to 20,000 people. From where? Actually, it's only from 30,000 people. So oh, it's it's it not so. that bad. You know, the thing with the Boston Marathon, as you know, is that you have to hit a certain qualifying time and that allows you to apply. However, it does not allow you to always get in depending on how much of a cushion you have because of the number of applicants. So they cap it out. And uh, I was expecting because I've never done Boston, I was expecting when I looked at the past statistics to see that the field was much bigger. But, you know, it went down by a third, which is pretty reasonable and makes me hopeful and probably another few people, too, that we'll still get in. Yeah, we were talking about it a little bit, but I wonder what the, like you say, there's cutoff times, but then it depends on how many people register as to how close they get to those cutoff times. So I wonder where it'll be at compared to years past. Right. So in the years past, because of the number increasing of people applying for this marathon, they used to have a certain time. For example, for me, when I was um, 29 pushing 30, there was a certain qualifying time. When I hit 30, the qualifying time actually 
went further down because the number of females in my age group that was applying every year had gone up so much that the cushion was at, you know, three or four minutes. So they just reset that time. So instead of aging into a higher amount of time to get in, I was back in the same ballpark. Well, you could still just wait to get older. <laughs> well, you never know. No day is guaranteed. Your health is not guaranteed. You never know what can happen. It's better to go faster than older. That's definitely true. And we'll see how it pans out this year. Um, the other thing that the Boston Athletic Association decided to do was to have a virtual race that's open to everybody. So the first 70,000 people in the world that apply for the Boston virtual race will also get that same Boston medal. So you're more the live race person and I'm more the virtual race person. Well, the thing with Boston is even last year's virtual race, which was my first Boston, it was only open to the people that had qualified for Boston. So this is a big change. And uh, there's a lot of controversial talk going on about, you know, you work so hard to get into that prestigious race. And now this medal is just going to be available for everybody. But I mean, it is a virtual race. I think a lot of limitations with size are more because of the event and organizing and everything else like you can't have too many people in a lot of these places and so i think it's nice that you will open it to everyone I mean, you can still try to go for a time I mean, it just doesn't necessarily have to be the prestigious race that it was in the past it could just be you know whoever gets the fastest time in it yeah, and I wonder if that all changes. And uh, there's this other thing that they also have, which is the six-star marathons where, you know, all the big ones, New York, Tokyo, London, Chicago, Boston, um, and uh, I forgot one, but whatever. So those are the races that people get six stars for, and then they get a big medal. So I'm wondering if that virtual race will also count towards that. Yeah, I think um, it'll be interesting too. I mean, the vir virtual race part, it's, it'd be hard to accurately you know, eliminate cheaters from the general population. And I never thought, like, I was like, who's going to care about cheating on a marathon? But but we saw a lot of cases. We saw some cases of it, actually. I know you were talking about it. It must have been about a year ago or so, about how people were trying to qualify for Boston. And to do so, they were cheating on other races. It seems kind of ridiculous. I mean, it's not like you're going to make money off or anything. It's only for yourself, mostly. But I guess people really want to be there bad enough to to do that but it's kind of sad right because first of all you're cheating yourself yeah and then you're cheating another person that worked really hard out of a spot yeah for sure so i mean i'm fine with whoever wants to cheat yourself that's you know that's that's yourself um that's on you but you know if you're actually taking somebody else's spot that really worked hard i think that's the the bigger harm in this whole thing that could lead to like a discussion on doping and professional sports and running you could go into later i know right too bad that's not the topic today because <laughs> yeah. what are we going to talk about today um well i heard you this earlier you say you didn't talk about triathlons versus marathons or training differences between the two thank you for paying attention <laughs> barely <laughs> but you like the idea of triathlons right i do i just think it's more i mean to me i think it suits me better i like the idea of mixing it up and I like doing multidiscipline stuff. Why, Although, do, you, why I, do you say that? I don't know. I just personally, I like that stuff. I like to mix it up, like do different things. I think I, I told you before, like it, I haven't done a marathon, but the, I feel like in a marathon, I'd get bored. <laughs> the half marathons were fun. Yeah. I'll, I'll do it sometimes if, you know, if it comes out. But right now we have kids and you like to do it. So 
Yeah. Works yeah. out better. So about this triathlon. So basically, I talked to Adrian Valdivieso from Los Angeles. He's a very well-known um, triathlon coach and running coach in the Los Angeles community. And I wanted to pick his brain. So what do you think are the most... Uh, What are the biggest differences in training when you approach multi-sports? So you see me training for a marathon all the time. You see me going hard basically seven days a week. So what do you think is different when you uh, train for a triathlon? Um, I guess kind of on that topic is I always found it interesting that with triathlons, you know, they're multidisciplinary, but a lot of times people aren't equal at each one of the disciplines like some someone may be really good at swimming and others are better at the other parts of it maybe the you know the top i'm sure the top elite athletes are probably pretty good at all all of them but i guess you have ability to compensate for some of your weaknesses with your other strengths and i'm sure that that probably leads into training a little bit in the sense that like you can figure out what you have you know that you maybe need work on And you have a chance to work on that and maybe the strengths you can do less of, of the training. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yeah, it's such a, it's such a um, different approach to all of it, right? Because... Not only are you starting on tired legs when your run starts, I think the run is the last part. So it's swimming, biking, and then running. But then you also, when it comes to training, what do you really focus on? Do you focus on making your weaknesses be stronger? Or do you focus on keeping strong in what you're already strong at? And then just try to wing the other two. So there's a bunch of different questions. You know, how do you start and um, time commitment? Is the time commitment bigger? Obviously, your financial commitment is bigger because you have to spend more money on, uh, you know, biking and maybe whatever they wear when they swim out in the ocean. You mean the wetsuits? Is it wetsuits for swimming? Actually, there. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm coming from a surfing background and water <laughs> sports background, so I always say wetsuits. But I don't know if they're like special, different types. I mean, I know there are different types of suits for triathlon. You need different areas of flexibility and stuff like that for swimming but and i'm sure it depends on where you're doing it too and what about buoyancy can you have buoyancy or is that cheating i mean the wetsuit provides buoyancy of some sort so i don't know right we're talking as novices exactly exactly and probably i mean who knows maybe we'll get into that one day i know i think you are probably pretty much more interested than i am Yeah, I think it would be fun to do. I would love to try to do it sometime when we have time. <laughs> I'll be on the sideline cheering you on for those. Because, um, you know, you've seen my breaststroke across the pool <laughs> with a margarita in one hand. <laughs> Definitely right now that would be my weakest too, which is, you know, I'm very comfortable in the water, but I'm not used to swimming, you know, like laps in a pool or freestyle in distances. I'm used to free diving or, or swimming other other ways. But you, but you say that, but then I think it's just like with running, right? We don't know what we're capable of until we make the time and we actually train, and then things might go really well. 
That's true. I'm going to try a sprint triathlon, which is a specific distance, which I don't know exactly what distance it is, but it, <laughs> as it sounds, it's shorter. <laughs> well, maybe Adrian will clarify. So without any further ado, I will now play our interview with Adrian Valdivieso. All right. So I'm on here with Adrian Valdivieso. Thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so you're a triathlon coach. Um, you're pretty known in the LA area. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you fell into this profession? So I um, I started like you know like fourteen, fifteen years ago, and I was uh, uh, I started mostly running, and then I fell in love with the I try a triathlon and fell in love with the the multi sport. Uh, I my first experience wasn't great. I had like so many mistakes and everything. And it was just, you know, like crazy, my, my first experience. But I, I like the, the idea of, you know, like different aspects of the, 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 the endurance fitness. So that's how, you know, like I gave it a try. And I've been, I've been doing that since. And the coaching, I just love the, you know, like the how-to, like the, the physical, you know, like attributes that we need to do. I, you know, like digging more into the, you know, how to improve somebody, somebody's performance. And that's, you know, like what kind of like drives me to, to keep doing this, uh, this coaching. That's awesome. For a lot of us, the idea of a triathlon sounds crazy, sounds overwhelming because, you know, the twist in a triathlon is twofold. So one, your run begins on tired legs and two, you have less time available to focus on your run during your training. So for people that want to dab into the whole triathlon world, what do you say to them to how to wrap their head around it and how to kind of get motivated to get this a try? So obviously, you know, like it could be a little bit, you know, like overwhelming in terms of like, wow, there is like, you know, like so much to, to do around. But um, obviously, yeah, you start with tired legs, but um, you, you make so much thickness with, with the bike. So that, that helps because you use the similar muscles. And also you, you have, um, how do you call it? You develop aerobic fitness on the bike as well. So yes you will be tired and you know, like you will feel it, but obviously with training, you will, you will practice that. The, the one a component that will be also very important will be the swim, uh, which is very technical. And that's where, you know, like when more, more people kind of like have more like kind of like barriers to, to kind of like to entry, uh, because it's, it's a lot of technique, a lot of technique and, you know, like obviously, uh, uh, it, it requires some time to develop that technique. Many people, you know, don't have it. Uh, obviously, it's easier for the people that that had some, you know, like experience growing up. But you know, like many people don't have it, so it's a lot of it. that's kind of like starts from scratch and develop that technique. It takes a lot of repetition, practice, a lot of time on the on, on the pool, and you know, yeah, it's just like like the improvements uh, won't come like right away, but it will come at some point. So, but the, the thing, the more uh, uh, intimidating part will be probably the swim. Yeah, that, that sounds about right for myself, including somebody that's a non-swimmer. So if somebody wants to start doing triathlons, what do you need, um, including equipment, etc.? So the, the equipment, obviously the bike, right? So let's say we start with the, with the swim. Uh, goggles, 
swimming cap, uh, a wetsuit that will be that will be important, not for training, but for, uh, obviously at some point during training, but mostly for racing. You know, like usually if there's like an ocean swim or even a lake swim, the water will be like, a, let's say 60 uh, when on the colder uh, to like, let's say 80 degrees, right? Like if it's, you know, like above 75 or something, you know, it's totally fine. You can do it with no wetsuit, but it's just like between like 60 and 70 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, you will need a wetsuit, of course. And for the swim, that will be pretty much it. Obviously, there are like uh, different tools that you can use to, for technique, which is, you know, like a buoy, a snorkel, bands, uh, and then you can start You can start with that. Obviously, uh, you know, like you can do a watch or not. You can use the watch at the pool. Uh, if you do open water, probably will be good to, to have a watch so you can track your... Uh, 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 your this time and distance for the bike will be obviously the bike, uh, helmet, sunglasses to protect your eyes, uh, biking shoes, clips. Uh, and then on the bike, you can get very technical uh, with it or not, right? Like basic, uh, uh, just, you know, like, let's say you like uh, a regular bike, right? You can choose between a road bike or a triathlon bike. I will say if somebody that is just going to like enter the sport and doesn't know if you're going to like kind of like last into the sport, like I'll probably a road bike will be better than a tri bike. A tri bike probably will be better if you're, you know, you have done, you know, like a couple of triathlons or you're going to go into like long distance. So probably will be better to, to go for, for a triathlon bike. Right. So then from, from there, you want to see like, okay, what components, uh, the components are important. Basically the components are like the, the shifting and, uh, and those have different levels, right? So let's say there are like five different levels. Um, the middle will be, uh, uh, uh something that will be appropriate for, for, uh, a beginner traveler or like, you know, like for them, for most people. Right. Um, and those, let's say there are different brands on the Shimano brand will be the one of five components. And that will be, you know, kind of like something that will be, uh, up, you know, appropriate if you want to go for, uh, uh, for like, just like a regular entry level, normal baseline bike. And then from there, you can, you know, like add uh, wheels, which you don't, you don't need right away, aerodynamic wheels or like aerodynamic helmet, which again, you don't need right away. But that, those, you know, things that you can add on uh, at some point. At the beginning, bike, regular components, helmet, shoes, sunglasses, that's it, right? And then for the run, shoes and a watch. <laughs> so that's, that, that's a little bit simpler. Yeah. Yeah. It makes uh, running sound so easy. And um, so I guess it's kind of just like with running, you know, the more you get into it, then you can kind of upgrade your equipment. Meaning in running would be, you can upgrade to the next percent shoes or whatever new shoes are out there, etc. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. same thing. There are like so many levels and then you can go different like price points and, you know, you can go as high as you can, <laughs> as you can right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So then let's talk about the time commitment. How much, how many days of what and how long do you do this initially? And this, is there a sport that you should focus on most in the beginning? So time commitment, that depends kind of like on the goal of the, uh, of the, the athlete. Right. So let's say 
you know, as somebody that I will be getting started in, you know, in triathlon, six, eight, 10 hours a week, that will be something uh, uh, not overwhelming, something that somebody can do. Um, and then if you want to, again, same thing, if you want to keep going more and more and more, you know, like uh, uh, elite amateurs, you go from like for 20 hours a week or, or something like that, you know, like professionals could go to 30 hours a week, right? So that's just like a part-time job, right? It's like a lot of time commitment. But again, to start, you know, like probably on the range of like eight, 10 hours a week will be good. What to focus on? Let's say, you know, it will depend on the, uh, on the athlete, right? If somebody is like weak on the swim, a lot will be on the swim. Um, and a lot of, will be a lot of repetition. If, if you need uh, uh, to improve your technique, you maybe you might need to swim like five times a week, but like will be short, uh, uh, short swims, like, you know, 15, 20 minutes. So that that's, you know, that's not that long of a session, but you will be doing like very, very frequent to improve your, your, your technique. I will say the more, uh, the most important aspect to training triathlon will be a lot on the bike. The bike does kind of like where you put like, a, like 50% of the time in the race and probably will be around the, you know, like similar on the, uh, in, in training bike is very important because it affects how you run af after that. Right. That's true. You are able to cut up so much time just by being a fast bike rider. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, you know, when you get off the bike, you know, you are fatigued. But if you are, uh, uh, if you're stronger on the bike, you will be less fatigued for the run. Obviously, the pacing matter as well. If you push too much on the bike, you will be completely depleted. Even if you're like a great runner, you know, like if you like deplete yourself on the bike, that will be, uh, 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 that will, you know, like trash your run, right? So your legs will be like really, you know, like fatigued. So then you will, won't be able to run at your, uh, at your ability. So, so yeah, that combination is very important. And, you know, like your run, obviously you want to have a great run, uh, but it's very contingent on what you do on the bike and what you do also on the swim. Okay. So speaking about pacing, can you tell us for, you know, the runners that have been training and striving towards Boston and maybe qualified a couple of times, how is your marathon, say you do an Ironman and you have the marathon distance in there, how will your running time change compared to if you're just running? Can you expect, is there like a ballpark figure of how much slower you're going to be or how do we look at that? Well, yeah, it's like, obviously uh, it will probably be you know like uh, i would say like 20 minutes 30 minutes slower but it, it depends again uh on on you know especially for an ironman it depends you know like so much on you know what you do on the bike on your nutrition your hydration and you know like how uh, uh how you are able to you know like to couple with that right but definitely you will expect the the to your marathon to be slower also this the thing is like the marathon and an iron marathon they're different intensities so you know like on on the on the marathon you are kind of like like on the tempo uh, uh effort you know above your aerobic tr uh, threshold for doing the ironman 
you're right at your aerobic threshold. So it's a different in intensity. Obviously, you know, like if you're, uh, uh, you know, like a marathon, doing a marathon only will be about, you know, like, let's say three, three and a half hours, right? And then if you're doing an Ironman, you will start in your run, you know, like six, seven hours into it. And that's why the intensity is, you know, like has to be a lot lower. And that's why, why the difference on the, uh, uh, on the pacing will be. So, you know, like you can push a little bit more intensity on, on your standalone marathon, and, but you have to be, you know, like have to have less intensity the, during the Ironman because it's so much longer. Yeah. So that's kind of like the main, mm -hmm, that's the main, the main difference, right? It's crazy to think that you don't even start running six hours until six hours into the race. That's uh yeah puts it yeah, all into yeah. perspective. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're like, okay, it's like starting the, the run around like one o'clock or like two o'clock PM, right? <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. Oh man. So given that, what are the most common mistakes that you see and how can one avoid those? Um, I think training at the right intensity will be one of the most common mistakes. Uh, people either like want to like push too much um, and that that will be a problem. The main thing it will be to develop like a super strong aer aerobic foundation. And a lot of the time you have to spend below the aerobic threshold. And that's basically, you know, like a six, 60% effort or, or lower. So you can, you know, like build the volume, build the, the endurance, the muscular endurance, uh, go be able to go longer and you will be able to, uh, uh, to develop that, that aerobic fitness, which is like super important because, you know, again, if we're, if we're talking a half Ironman, we're still talking about like, uh, you know, like five, six, seven hours, right. Uh, an Olympic will be like two and a half, three hours and an Ironman obviously depend on, depending on the level will be like for like more, more elite uh, um, athletes will be like nine hours uh, to, you know, like 17 hours or, so, or something like that. Right. So training at the right intensity is, uh, is, is, you know, like very, very important. Um, and all the longer, also the longer you go, the more uh, uh, focus you have to put on nutrition as well. So those are kind of like the things that, 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 you know, like you, you want to pay attention to. And the last thing is be able to recover because recovery is an aspect of training and people uh, just, you know, like uh, what I see a lot is like people want to push, 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 but we only get stronger when we recover. So it's like stress recovery means adaptation. If you're only stressing your body, uh, at some point your body is going to break down plateau or get an injury. So that's, you know, like recovery is like a huge component of, of, of the training as well. So I think I will say those will be the main thing, the right intensities, you know, like nutrition and, you know, like the, the recovery aspect of the training. Yeah, that's, that's interesting information. So if somebody were to start doing the triathlon or starting to do those um, sports, implementing swimming and biking, how long should one wait? How do you know that you're ready to partake in one of those events? And what is the best event to sign up for distance wise? So it will depends on the goals, right? Like if somebody, you know, like has, let's say somebody wants to just like finish, like there will be, you know, like, okay, can you do the distance? Can you do it, you know, like comfortable enough? And 
you know, like be able to have a good time doing it. Like I'm basically your, your effort. If you, some people were like a heart rate, your effort will be more on the aerobic, uh, 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 you know, like intensity, right? So you're like comfortable and you kind of like go, you know, like feeling good. You get out of the water and like, oh, this is, this is, this was, this is what's good. And then you get on the bike and you're so comfortable and you're like, okay, you know, like step two, get off the, uh, uh, get off the bike and are able to have a, a good run. So that would be somebody that let's say just wants to finish. If somebody, you know, like, and let's say, you know, like if, uh, uh, you want to do an Olympic, you know, like, again, depends because if you're like, a, a let's say somebody's like not very proficient at swimming, you will have to develop, uh, uh, the time, you know, like develop your swimming over time. Right. And then depends is very individual. It could be, you know, like a month where somebody like has like developed that musculature and the, and the mechanics of it, or it could be like three, four months, right? Let's say somebody knows how to swim, you know, like I will say, you know, like probably three, four months to, to have a very good, decent race uh, for an Olympic three hours, two hours, three hours will be something, you know, like uh, uh, appropriate, right? If we want to go longer, half Ironman, full Ironman, that would be, you know, like more, more training time. And then from there, also depending on the goals, if somebody wants to be more competitive, we'll have to see, you know, like, let's say look the podium uh, uh, guys are doing for an Ironman, uh, you know, like uh, one minute and 30 seconds per hundred on the swim, then they are like, averaging in terms of speed, like 21, 22 miles per hour. And then running off the bike, like at three, uh, uh, 315, 320. So those are considerable numbers that we'll have to see, like, okay, are you able to, uh, uh, to where are you at compared to those numbers? Like right now, if I give you a, a, a training set where like off the bike, you're, you're running in like a, eight minute mile at this heart rate and it feels that intensity well you're not ready for that so we have to develop you know like that the adaptation over time so you're able to compete so it depends on the on on the goal right like if you know like if you're like just to finish will be different timing than if you want to perform uh, like a higher level yeah that's so cool. That makes so much sense. So Adrian, if somebody wants to get in touch with you about training, can you tell us how you can be reached? Okay. So first will be my email. Uh, Adrian.Valdivieso is first and last dot last name at gmail.com. We have a, a, a Facebook page. Uh, it's called Cloud9 Endurance. And then also my information will be there. And this will be the the, the, the main two uh, 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 points. So I am in social media, cloud nine endurance on Instagram. So you can reach me there. Um, we have a Facebook page, so there's, there's information there and my email, Adrian dot, uh, uh, at gmail.com first dot last name at gmail.com. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Adrian, for answering basically all of our question, right? Did you um did you get that? Yeah, I think it'll be good for me to go back to once I actually get a triathlon in the books or in scheduled 
Yeah. Well, there you go, Adrian. Here's a potential client for you. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan will start following you. I definitely will. All right. So... Thanks. That's it, you guys. Um, Next week, we will have Jeannie Rice on. Uh, Jeannie is a world record holder for the fastest marathon in her age group. She's in her 70s. And it's an amazing interview I had with her in our Runspiration series. And until next time, have a good week of running. Thanks for listening. For training tips, previous podcast episodes, and fun merchandise for runners, please check out our website at wgtr.us. That's wgtr.us. And as always, have a wonderful week of running.